You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. You're listening to Inside Real Estate, your source for all things mortgage and real estate related. The show that brings you all the hottest topics and insights directly from those who know it most. Now sit back and enjoy the show. Yeah, what's up, everyone? Paul Apostolakis, Brad Wise, Gerber, Gerber, sorry, Gerbler, Sal Kuzmano. <laughs> we are inside real estate. How's everybody doing? Thank you all for listening. We appreciate uh, your support. Um, we have a very special guest today. Obviously, a big part of the real estate transaction is the appraisal. It's probably the most demonized and hated. <laughs> Uh, so we brought in a certified appraiser in today. What's up, Kevin Keck? Hey, how's it going? Surprised you guys have me back. Surprising. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Surprising. So Kevin has been on the show before. Uh, just so the audience knows it's not watching and that may be listening. He has fantastic hair. I think you do blow dry that, right? Yeah. 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 That's, it's good. Got to blow it out every yeah. morning. Wow. <laughs> All right. So uh, today we've got some interesting topics. One of the main ones I want to talk about today uh, after we get into Kevin's stuff is Keller Williams is doing the iBuyer program, which is really interesting. Uh, we'll probably get into that. We'll talk a little bit about Fannie and Freddie potentially going back to being a private company after being in conservatorship. Um, and then, you know, we'll, we'll talk about anything else that comes up with Kevin. Uh, not only are you a real, uh, not only are you an appraiser, uh, but by the way, guys, I feel absolutely shitty today. I, I blame Chad really for getting sick. <laughs> the weather outside here in Michigan is absolutely horrendous. There's freezing ice. Uh, I'm freezing a little, ice. little uh, perturbed this morning. So if I don't Good sound scripture. chipper, uh, that's why. Frozen. Yeah. What's that? You said freezing ice. Ice is already frozen. But that's what they say. Oh, we've got freezing ice tonight. Freezing rain. I hate. <laughs> uh, oh, by the way, Jessica, how are you? Fantastic. Yeah. How are you? Good. Jessica's like, are you guys going to make it in this morning? Because it's so shitty outside. Yeah. yeah I don't blame it's not good. I was yeah. crossing my fingers. You said no, but we're here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I do not want to get out in this. Yeah. Spot. I mean, if I was kind of hoping it was a little colder and there was like an inch of ice on everything so I could just yeah. stay at home. Because it's a super good excuse, right? You know yeah, what? Yeah. It's not really a good excuse for Salo because he lives two blocks from the office. Little little digression here. By the way, <laughs> these are the days where, you know, there's always a grass is greener type thing, but this these are the days I am so happy I'm not a real estate agent because I would hate to be like, oh, let's go look at houses. You're shoveling, you're <laughs> slipping on ice. You're like oh. raining. I just realized that my uh, my wardrobe is not equipped for this weather either. <laughs> my, I got like uh, got a trendy boots, right? Yeah. And like they're just Shite. They're utter shite. Yeah. Like water just gets in and gets through the seams. Sal wears his coat that when every time it rains, it smells like a dead fish. But, you know, it's good. <laughs> it does, though. You even said it yourself. Mm. It's because of the... the you know. I, it's not this coat. But not yeah, that, it is yeah. another coat. Yeah, there's yeah. A, like, it's like, I was going to give you a jab, but... No, then you come on. You said it yourself. I know. You're tired. Um, so, <laughs> I, <laughs> so, Kevin, uh, like I was saying, you, you are an appraiser. You do. How many appraisal, appraisals do you do a month? Oh, I mean, depends on the season, but uh, typically range from 60 to 100. That's a lot, by the yeah, way, for the audience to understand. That's a yeah. bunch of appraisals. And not only that, you also had you also ran a real estate company for a little bit. You have your real estate broker license. So you, you do know that part of the business as well. You've done real estate transactions, right? Yeah, I, had, I did it for about two years and it kind of fell out of favor for myself. Yeah. It's yeah, not you, the lifestyle. Like, Yeah, you decided <laughs> to focus on driving around and doing appraisals. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's much more 9 to 5 than it is the 24-7 that... The agents have to work. Typically. How long have you been doing appraisals now? Uh, nine and a half years now. Oh, so you've there? seen yeah. quite a bit. You've yeah, been around, yeah. Been I've been uh, 
been in quite a few houses in the three county area here. So. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I know that we got a lot of questions from the audience and, and uh, because appraisals always are demonized in the transaction because if, if you get a low appraisal, it's like, oh, that appraiser is an idiot, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But truth be told, the appraisal is a really integral process. Now, just so the audience understands, back before 2008, we had a lot of communication with the appraisers. We could literally say, hey, appraiser, uh, I really need uh, $200,000 on this house right, to make this deal work. And the appraiser would get that message and they, they a lot of times would oblige. And that was part of the inflation and, and kind of the problem that we had. So what happened with regulators is they decided to completely um, cut communication off directly from from loan officers and even real estate agents mm-hmm. directly with the appraiser. Now there's what's called AMCs, where the middleman, where you get your information from, you get the order, and now we have to talk through them. So it's rare for anybody to really talk to the appraiser directly, which I think will be mm-hmm. interesting for you to kind of answer some questions for our audience today. But talk to me about that transition. Do you think that's a, that was a better thing for the market? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. is that is there a drawback with that? Um, I mean, I think the 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 big drawback is going to be cost. The cost went up. Yeah, for, yeah definitely. For because consumer, now you yeah. have a middleman that has to they have to make right. money to to run their business, and mm-hmm. then they have to pay also about the appraiser. Where before it was more just a direct, hey, you know, hey Kevin, need an appraisal, three hundred bucks. Now it's. Four seventy-five, yeah, five hundred dollars. Depending so, on if yeah, there's a rental rent schedule, you got to go yeah. back for another inspection. But you know, with that being said, that with regulation, there's always challenges, right? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Fundamentally, as far as just the process itself being more clunky, uh, the cost. But for that extra hundred dollars, hundred fifty dollars, two hundred dollars, right? Mm-hmm. To have a stable market and a home that you're getting in that you're not underwater for. 50 grand because the loan <laughs> officer wanted to close a loan. I think overall to the public, it's worth it, right? That extra cost. Yeah. And Brad, Brad and sell both of you. I think we both agree on this. Although that, it, you know, there's a little disconnect between appraisers and everything, but I personally think the appraisal process is good right now. Yes. It is a governor in our market and it's, it's what we need to have happen so that the market doesn't get rampantly inflated, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's some deals that, you know, appraisals that I do that I definitely. Put the brakes on. I guess a good <laughs> yeah, it's term a for it. Buddy, but yeah. um, you know, for me, it's I look at it and I go, you know, I have quite a bit of knowledge in terms of valuation on yeah. real estate. Um, and then some buyers, when you typically you're buying a house, it's an emotional process. Right. You're not looking at it from an unbiased perspective. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you might like the house, and you're going to give them the, the seller uh, their asking price, but is that really what it's worth? And in, in five years from now, when the market's going up or even just stable and you're not making any money, did you want to overpay today? Right. That's the big thing is that, yeah. you know, you're, was, you, go ahead. Especially if you're putting minimum down. Yeah. Right? Yeah, 3% like down when your loan right? is right hovering around mm-hmm. that value, all of a sudden you're underwater and you, because think about when you sell your house, you're going to lose 8% on commissions and Taxes, fees usually, yeah. right? So it's like you put down three. Got to make you know, sixteen yeah. to break even. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that could take you three years just to break even with the. I don't think people realize that. Costs. Oh, I've got ten thousand dollars in equity. Well, you really don't, because if you mm-hmm. sell the house, you've got fees, you've got taxes, you've got transfer taxes, you've got to pay a real estate agent potentially, right? There's just, yeah. all that's gone along with all the interest you paid on all your mortgage. Yeah. That, that being said, though, that, I mean those are all reasonable points if you're you know if you're looking at it based on an investment, right? Yeah. But a lot of people are buying a house for an emotional reason. Exactly. So, like for me, I, I I looked for a house for three years. I couldn't find the one that I wanted. I didn't want to move again. I found the house that I wanted. I overpaid a little bit. I set the market in my area yeah. right in the middle of the summer. I overpaid too. Sell overpaid and then, too. You know, going out of the summer, the market cooled off, and I definitely set the market. I can't refi right now because mm-hmm. 
the market's not really where I paid for it. So yeah, but you bought the house. But I bought the house because I I yeah. want the house. It's, yeah. it's three years in the making. I got it, and I'm happy with it. Yeah, I'm I overpaid. Po- I don't care. I'm going to pose an argument to you. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's weird because uh, real estate is a little bit different than anything else uh, because a lot of times the market is set by what people are willing to pay. Right. right? So it's tough because a real estate uh, 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 an appraisal looks at comparable sales in the past to to give a value a lot of times on the new home and there's some adjustments that are made yeah. don't get me wrong but the reality is it's tough because I have a client sometimes and they're like listen I want to pay this much and it's yeah. hard for me to say that that house isn't worth it if there's a consumer that wants to pay x for for something it's so I'm going to push back on the I believe in it but it it's weird that something isn't worth what someone is willing to pay does that make sense like sometimes there's multiple offers <sighs> however yeah. if someone's really willing to pay it and they do an appraisal guarantee where they're willing to come up above yeah. and beyond that, that's a sold comp at that price, and that will dictate Sets the rest the market, of the comps, right? right? So yeah. I think that's the only true push. So I, I guess the counter-argue that is that what we as appraisers kind of look at is that what a, uh, an average buyer would pay, uh, a knowledgeable average buyer. So you may be that one buyer, you know, if you, obviously the standard deviation, you may be that top 3% that would pay more. Well, that's not what we're looking at. We're looking at those ones in the middle, like what, okay... That's a good point. So that's yeah. what we're kind of looking at. So yeah, maybe you personally, but at the same time, if you want to pay that, bring your cash. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> you're, 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 you're borrowing quite a bit of money from yeah. a, uh, private investors. And that's the thing. Point. You're looking at it from the point of, of the consumer saying, I, I want to buy this house. This is what it's worth to me. Mm-hmm. I need you to agree with me and tell me that. I'm, but really the appraiser's job is to protect the lender. To tell the lender how much the the collateral is well, worth I think for they the loan. The buyer too, though yeah. it's it's more for the lender yeah. though because it's for the market in general. I yeah, think. it's both. But you don't want a, a fast growing market because I right. think we're starting to see kind of the effects of it right now. I mean, mm-hmm. things, in what way? In what way? What do you mean? Um, you know, I just been seeing more price reductions thanks to yeah, the market. Yeah. I mean, maybe because it's winter, but we'll see how it goes into the new year. Um, the spring's gonna be very interesting. I think. Yeah, the spring's. Um, I, th- I personally think it's gonna be busy. The only people who got hurt are essentially. All of us right here that yeah. bought in the past <laughs> two years, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, we bought at the high. But did we really get hurt? No, not really, because we're going to keep our homes for a while, exactly. right? So you're yeah. going to, okay, five grand here, five grand there. But it's, uh, I think that kind of like you said, the average buyer, right? When when it comes down to it, as emotionally drawn as they are to that house, if that appraisal comes in low and all of a sudden they got to pony up another five, ten grand, mm-hmm. it, yeah. well, deal's dead. Right. And all of a sudden now they're like, oh, you know, it, it is what it is. And I think that, you know, sellers have to realize that, too. Would you agree, Kevin, that, that the appraisal, the actual appraisal process is flawed on some level? Because I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. So we I just recently had a deal with a client that was buying a ninety five thousand dollar house. Uh, it was it was a nicer house in the area. Didn't really like uh, make. So it came in at 60. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Came in at 60 K. I was like, look, I, I rarely argue appraisers. And I even told the client, look, I don't think that it's not going to get up. We, so they wanted to order another appraisal. Yep. So we moved the file, ordered another appraisal, which we can do since we have different investors. Um, so we moved the file, ordered another appraisal. Sure as shit, the other appraisal came in at 98K. That's a f- almost a 40% increase. That's a big deviation, yeah. right? So and when, what do you say to that client that says, how does that happen? And I'm like, listen, ultimately, it's a, an opinion. It, it, yeah. there's, it's not an exact science. So talk to the audience about you know, that part of it. Like it's, it, it's difficult to explain it because if, if the market and this whole transaction hinges on, on this one thing a lot of times, 
How can there be such a huge deviation between the, the two numbers? Um, it is an objective opinion. So we, we hope that all appraisers, I mean, the gold standard is that if you have two appraisals, they're within probably about 5% plus minus of each other. Yeah, this was 40, dude. Yeah, I know. That's that's a, especially when you're the lower numbers, it's going to look way worse. Um, yeah, it's like who's... who's is, are they, I've are, had some coming at 220, you know, on a $270,000 house. Next one came in at 285. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Crazy. It's, just, it's like, how does that even happen? I mean, there could be an experience gap between the two appraisers. There could be a market knowledge <clears throat> gap between the two appraisers. Um, you know, maybe when they went through, they were looking at things a little bit differently. Maybe they saw different quality items. So it is kind of a, a judgment call on, on the appraiser's side. Like, okay, um, I think this house here is more comparable to this one and then the other one went to the other side of the market. So it's it's hard to say without looking at why. No, I get they that. Came, um, I think just from the outside looking in, if, if I'm a real estate agent, mortgage professional, client buying a house, uh, it's like if something's hinging on, on this one thing so much, how in the world isn't it more of a science, if that makes sense? Yeah. So can you talk on that? It's just hard because we only have so much data out there for us. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not really, we don't have like a, a data guide. I guess the biggest thing would be a quality guide on every house. Mm-hmm. So if we could tell like, oh, well, this this house had, you know, was built um, utilizing these these materials compared to this one, then we might be able to say, well, that's why there's a big price discrepancy between the two. Mm-hmm. Um but you know, with the way that the MLS is set up and, and the data that we're given is just everything is a generalized kind of concept condition. Like you'll see on the your appraisal, you see like there's a C four, C three. Can you um, talk about what that means, real quick? Yeah. So the condition of like a, a C three typically means that your house has quite a few updates throughout the property, um, not fully like gutted and remodeled. Right. Um, so like I've seen that your house in the last five year, you know, you have new floor and new paint. Uh, either you re- replaced or updated your kitchen, same thing with the bathrooms, or at least they're in well-maintained condition, in my opinion. yeah. Um, a C4 would be more of, basically, you haven't done anything to your house. It's all original, but it's just not. The it's bright, it's livable. The bright pink porcelain. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's that time. <laughs> Old school. You walk in, it's that time capsule house. Yeah. Or, you know, it's you, you've done updates, but you let your dog chew through everything. Uh, so C two yeah. would be a complete remod. Uh, I guess in my yeah, C two basically is everything's brand new. Yeah. All mm-hmm. the major components of your house have it's been replaced. Brand new, but it's been mm-hmm. lived in. Yeah, C one is completely brand new, never been. Yeah, the only only houses that can get C one are brand new construction. Yeah. So yeah, so so I think something that comes up a lot, mm-hmm. and there was this question that we got asked is you know the consumer a lot of times they'll get what's called an inspection on the house, mm-hmm. and the question that comes up quite a bit is. If I'm doing an inspection, isn't that what the appraisal appraiser does? And so can you talk to me about the distinction between an actual appraisal and what an actual inspection does? Because they're, they're very different things. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're two separate concepts. Um, so an inspection, basically, I, in I guess how I view it is that they come in to make sure everything's working within the house. Mm-hmm. And there's no major deficiencies. Like, uh, you know, they're going to be able to spot, hopefully, issues with the roof better, you know, uh, HVAC system, those big ticket items that, you know, appraisers we look at, but we're not there. We, we just, I walk into the house, um, you know, I listen for the the furnace and if it's running and there's heat in the house, I assume that it's working and functional. Mm-hmm. Um, That's all you're checking is to see yeah. if it works. And I, and I, not what the life expectancy ex- of it exactly. is. Exactly. So as long as it works, then it's it's good on, on what my requirements are. But as a home buyer, you definitely want to know how much longer is this, this furnace in this house going to last for. So, that's the, the difference is that we're basically, I'm looking at 
condition of materials. They're looking at how they work. Yeah. So what I tell what I tell my clients just is that the the inspections for you. Yes. Right. And inspectors, you're not going to go in and look at the electrical system all that much, right? You're just going to see if there's a bot, right? You're just very on the, on the outside. They're not going to go on the roof and make sure that there's no mold, uh, or you're not, you're not flashing a light up there. Well, you might, but it's yeah. not as well. You, you would require an inspection if you see anything wrong. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I guess what we say, we report what we observe. So if I walk through the property and, uh, I guess a good example is like, uh, older houses is I see a electrical box hanging with frayed wires. I'm not going to go up there and test that there's, you know, electric, electrical. No, I don't know any of that. I just yeah. say, well, I observe this. So I'm like basically a, um, Get it checked out. Yeah. Just someone come in, uh, a family doctor, I guess is a good example. And yeah. I send you to the specialist from there. That's right. good. That's a good it, but it goes back to the point of the, the appraiser is not really, I mean, it does have benefits to the consumer, but it's not really for the consumer. The inspections for the consumer. The appraisal is for the lender. Yes. For the lender. That's exactly what yeah. it is. I mean, the lender is protecting their investment and that's why there's an appraisal done on it because they don't want to lend on, they don't want to give a hundred thousand dollars on a house that's worth 50. Exactly. Right. So that's why like on every appraisal, you'll see the attended user is the lender. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the borrower. They, yeah. The appraisal is <laughs> done for us. It's yeah, in our yeah, name. Yeah. It's not, it's not for the, the person's buyer. It's for the lender. It's giving you money. And it's, so. that's a confusing thing for a lot of people because mm-hmm. they're like, and the way that I think you could put it to the public is what, would you, and, you still still should, but I mean, if you didn't have to have, get an appraisal, would you? Right? If you you don't have to get an inspection, but you do, mm-hmm. right? But yeah, I don't ever yeah. suggest not getting an inspection unless it's a new build, maybe. Yeah, yeah, right. or unless you're a contractor yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but still, I mean, I well, don't on know. a purchase, yeah, you I would, know, I think an appraisal is usually smart unless you're putting so much down. It's like whatever, right? I, I would but, even save for cash deals. Get an appraisal. Yeah, call it. I mean, what's a three hundred bucks? If you're spending four hundred thousand dollars, it's a big investment. Right. Yeah, right? it's a big. Uh, at least have someone that uh, you may be knowledgeable. That's great. I mean, you may be able to look at Zillow and, and see some yeah. things. But I mean, if you're an investor or something, yeah. Right? But, but you know, if you're just you've bought two homes before and you're looking to move up into your next home and you have cash to buy, get an appraisal done because why risk that investment? Maybe the appraiser is going to be able to say, you know, whoa, it's only worth three seventy five, and you you. At that point, you can talk to them because you're a private you know, right. individual. Because you know. in today's market, there's very little actual information on the property. Are yeah. we, are we, is that fair? To, I mean, if I I'm guess, a, if I'm a consumer and yeah. I, there's no like like Carfax for for a house, yeah. right? you can't just pull up all the information on the house, uh, which I think would be valuable if, if that was a, a possibility. But in today's world, the only way that you're going to get a lot of that market analysis is, is if you get an appraisal. Yeah. Right. Right. And you bring up a good point. I mean, if you're if you're not getting a loan, you're paying cash, get an appraisal done because we were talking about what, 475, 500, 550 for an appraisal because you have to use the third party or the middleman. <coughs> if you're just getting an appraisal, you can go straight to the appraiser. You can talk to them and the price point is way less because yep. you're not paying that middleman. Yeah. So another question I got was, uh, this is from one I, of my, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I do yeah. wonder what collusion could be had there though, right? Because it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I I, mean, I remember financing, uh, and not collusion. this doesn't you collusion. Know, ruin me or anything. No but collusion. I remember uh, buying a boat and we needed a survey for the loan and he like, Put this number. I'm like, dude, it's got to be this for me. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. All Here right. you go. <laughs> yeah. It's a word doc. Just added it. I'm like, yeah. well, okay. I mean, obviously, per our guidelines, and, yeah, we should it. be unbiased and, and no assignment should ever be accepted when there's predetermined valuation yeah. or any kind of, you know, I'm sure there are some shady appraisers out there, but I'd say the majority of us are pretty, uh, 
professional. Dude, I'm going to give you a little, little experience I had. So when I sold my condo, uh, someone knocked my door. They, they, I didn't have any real estate involved, but there, there was a real estate agent on the other side. So anyways, the person buying my house had an appraisal done. And I, I was a little worried because it was a high in the market. It was like we were kind of setting the market. So I met the appraiser. We we talked about how he evaded taxes for about an hour, and I was like, I was like, look, man, I go, what do you think about the the value? I need X, and he's like, oh, don't worry about it, man. And I was like, okay, this is this is still kind of happening. It does still happen where there's some collusion. Like, if I want to meet the appraiser at my house, it's very indirect though. Like, you're it's not from the it's not from the lending side. Right, what I'm saying, but it's still there's still. Um, there's still you don't really flat out say, "Hey, I need you to give me this," right? It's still a little, have, it's a little more. I would have to imagine hey, though. This that is what we're selling it for. Do you think we're going to have any issues? I'm going to talk about that. I would have to imagine on a refi, a lot of people tell you what they need, though. You can't. <laughs> consumers, though, they don't oh, know the consumers. difference. Yeah, know. you go into the house. They're like, I always get the call. Yeah, that he was in here for you know three minutes. Yeah, he three minutes. Know. He took his pictures and left. Toilets. I'm like, what are they going to do? You know, but yeah. I'm sure they're probably like, well. We submitted the loan at you know two hundred. Yeah. Right? I guess I always say the the, the appraiser home inspection is more just eye candy. What mm-hmm. we do is uh at home or doing our data entry. So that's, yeah. that's where we do the big research on your. That's property. where the that's where yeah. I, coming in and taking. You didn't even care that I spent two hundred dollars on yeah. painting the. That's hallway. what people don't get. It's more about the market research that you do on the back, and <laughs> they don't care about the pictures. Done. Yeah. Let's yeah. talk about that real quick, and I'll go back to the question I was going to ask. So I'm I'm a I'm a guy selling my house, and I, I live in Berkeley, uh, Michigan, and the average house is like three hundred thousand, let's say. Yeah. And I decided to put gold toilets in my house, and I wanted to put I put, put a uh, moat around your house. I built out my basement, and I have uh, a game room and a tanning bed room and all this stuff and in the backyard. I spent eight hundred thousand dollars creating a really nice nice pool. Like a roller coaster back be, there. Right? Waterfall. So I spent I spent a million dollars on a three hundred thousand dollar house my house should be worth 1.3 right yeah that's that's always the big thing i yeah. walk people they tell me all the right all their expenses that's what i should that's what it should be worth <laughs> right yeah so i guess always say back to the the, the average buyer so yeah. when we're looking at value we're looking at what does the average buyer expect in that area so if you do things that such as putting eight hundred thousand dollars in your backyard that's a, an over improvement. So you're just yeah. not going to, the average buyer just expects but a dude, have you seen my overbuilt. Pool? Have you seen area. my pool? Like it's heated. I've got like, it's it probably adds some the only value. one in oh, three it, square miles. It, it's going to add some. It, it adds some, but basically it adds up to a certain limit. But what yeah. people don't understand is I might not want gold toilets. Yeah. Right. I might not want the pool in the backyard. Mm-hmm. Average buyer is going to come and be like, that's kind of go. Well, I think yeah. everyone wants it, but are they willing to pay for it in right. Berkeley? Right. right. Or right. is that something you'd expect? So you, in, you would need to find the one buyer with cash, so that the person <coughs> outside the appraisal standard deviation of buyers. Yeah, it, it doesn't it doesn't fit into the actual normal real estate transaction where there's actual borrowed money. Let's put it that way. Yes. Um, so here was the question I had. So uh, on a on a purchase transaction, when the loan officer and real estate agent put together a purchase transaction, when we order the appraisal, you do get a copy of the purchase agreement. So the appraisal Correct. appraiser knows the value that we're, we're that the, that that is needed to get the deal done. Mm-hmm. There's been a few occasions in the last few years where, you know, let's say we needed uh, 200000 and the appraisal comes in at one ninety eight. <laughs> like, it's a dick move, right? Walk me through why the appraiser Man. can't give us another two Gs. <laughs> I mean, dick. <laughs> yeah, right. That's why, right there. You know, sometimes on an appraisal, when you're going through and you're doing your analysis, and, and you just get to a point where it's like you can, you can put it, you can support it at only so high. Even yeah. though, even though she like oh, only another two thousand, maybe to that appraiser was like, ooh, I got it up to this point already. Uh, I don't know I, if I, I, do I, don't know if I can two G's. Push. I, two G's exactly. I, it, it's weird, but you know, sometimes it just 
There's just nothing there. Well, the appraiser isn't, it's not just an opinion because when you turn that appraisal in, it goes through a QC, a quality yes. control. It goes, it gets ran against database, uh, like Fannie and Freddie have databases of all the other appraisals that have ever been done on loans that they've lent. It does have the, to pass. In the last yeah. 10 years or however long they've been collecting the data. So they look at all the different adjustments, individual line by line, this bedroom count versus this bedroom count in the same zip code. And it'll, it'll point out things that then you have to go back and justify. Yep. And if you can't justify it, then you get it. I actually really never see those. But. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let me yeah. ask you this. Let me ask, uh, uh, what are the repercussions of being a bad appraiser? Like what are the like what like that's the thing I don't think there are any like you could be a really shitty appraiser and do a whole bunch of shitty appraisal the only thing that might happen is you might get dropped from the AMC there's no actual like like regulation like stopping you from doing some bad work is there I guess it depends what, what define bad work, yeah, de- yeah define because like um some people define bad appraisers who people don't come in at value all the time mm-hmm. um I mean mm-hmm. for me is I can look at an appraisal sometimes you guys will ask me some questions. Um, and you, it's it's quick. It's like okay, you can spot things that they did, either did wrong very quickly in terms of how they writ, written the appraisal, or you know, it, it's just so hard. I mean, the repercussions really is you lose your license. That's but what would it take for that to happen? Is my point. I mean, for uh, me, if I write a, a probably <coughs> right, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. And, right, several it's a complaints. Lot. Well, I think the, the licensing in the bigger action for for an appraiser themselves, especially when he does volume, it'd be like us. Like, what happens if we're a shitty LO? Right. Well, we get even if fine. we get the deal done, but we get fine. We get we get our license. Sure, I'm talking in. though, like the bigger what would happen before that, I mean, right? You, would be that we would lose all of our business. You, yeah, you can you get know? sued. Yeah. So we do carry you know insurance. Oh, um, you do. I so didn't know that. if there is okay. a you know a fraudulent appraisal done, you can get sued and lose money. Oh, wow. I mean, so you you are on the hook. That's why we carry insurance. Yeah, but it would have to be re- you have to prove like um, malice. Yeah, I guess really. So really I will tell I will tell you as a general rule, I don't really like attack appraisers because I believe in what they do for the most part. And, and even when I yeah. see an appraiser, appraisal come in low, when we go through it, Sal, you, you and I can both agree. A lot of times we're like, oh, well, yeah. like, well it's kind of legit. An advantage we have is if, hey, Mr. Client, this I agree this is a shitty appraisal, right? And fighting it is not probably not worth our time. I'll pay for another one for you. We'll go to another lender. So yeah. let's talk you about know? different appraisers. Yeah, let's talk about yeah, different appraiser, different opinion. If it still comes in low, it's not meant we to don't be. got a deal, yeah. right? So the audience understands when an appraisal comes in low, there is a what's called a rebuttal process where you can mm-hmm. find other comparables that potentially they didn't mm-hmm. use, bring it to the to light to the appraiser and say, "Hey, Mr. Appraiser, um, we have three other houses that potentially you didn't look at. Can you please mm-hmm. factor these in?" I would say that ninety eight point eight percent of the time, <laughs> the appraiser says kick rocks. Yeah, yeah. Waste of time. And I think one of the real reasons is is I get it every once in a while, and I, all I get is you send me four addresses. And I go, well, why are these better? Yeah. Yeah. You, you have know, to put you, some thought you into it. I mean, it's an argument. Yeah, spend, okay, spend some time. Like, okay, I see, at least acknowledge, first acknowledge the appraiser's comparables. Like, okay, I see what you're seeing. But yes. at the same time, I think, I think comp number one, yeah. But I think the biggest thing is, too, it's like as a loan officer, right, we're just basically the conduit from the agents, right? So for me, if I get valid, like it, it's like telephone by the time it gets to the appraiser, yeah. right? So if you have someone who actually, they, all they know is loans, right? And they don't really understand like the real estate side of it at all. They'll just fire off addresses, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. when I do a rebuttal, I submit a listing ticket, an explanation of why, square footage, distance yeah, you're, from the you're property. Yeah, an argument. Yeah. And yeah, sometimes I win. 
Yeah, yeah. If, you you give, yeah. if you give me a good valid reason why this is better, I mean, first I would start with location. That's usually the basic. Is it more locationally similar? Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe you can question, you know, I think the subject is more comparable to the condition of the comp I'm providing or comparables yeah. I'm providing. And then the ones How you far out? You have, to, you have to walk the line of, of saying that the appraiser did a, a decent job and acknowledge that at the same time saying, I think these are better and here's well, why. You got to butter them up a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. You got to give them an out. You do. Really? Yeah. yeah give, you do. Give me yeah. Because if you, if you give me an out, I'm like, oh, this wasn't in my search, but I actually, oh, right. this one's better. I missed it. People make mistakes. Mm-hmm. I know everyone's to be perfect. But if you go but, on, yeah. on the attack. Yeah. Don't you, ever attack. You're going to lose. Nope. And I feel like in rural areas, it's probably easiest to win because of the lack of comps or spread of them. Right? Yeah, so well, that, that's my I question. Those are How harder, far out you know, can you go? Because you can right? sometimes find a property that was privately sold or whatever yeah. that you can get the data on. And hey, this is a pretty similar house. Even though it's another two miles away from the other comp you used, it's like – uh, people are willing to drive that far to go yeah, get milk. Yeah, so I guess the general real thumb, as long as it's in the similar <clears throat> uh, area of influence, yeah, that's how hard Is that go. what it's called, the area of influence? I just made that up. Oh. But I think that's, that's a good way <laughs> okay, to That's good. Yeah. So what would you tell a, a listing agent? Because part of their job is pricing the house correctly, yeah. right? And they are tasked with – they're not appraisers by, by no mm-hmm. means, but they are tasked of being knowledgeable enough to be able to bring comps to the table and say, listen, Mr. Seller, these are the comps. I know you want to sell your house for, for a million dollars, but it's worth 200000 mm-hmm. And they've, mm-hmm. got to, they've got to basically do that. But there's a lot of potential listing agents that want to, they, they want to get the listing, right? And that <coughs> buyer wants to sell a top dollar. So there is pressure for the listing agent and, and that buyer to say, okay, I want to sell my house for $250,000, even though the comps only call for two twenty. What would you say to, and you've been in that side because you do the real estate side too. What do you say to the real estate agent that, that is potentially coming in just to win the offer? But because ultimately it's not going to sell because it's over market. What do you say to them? Shame on you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, from a business side, I guess. I, from, but it's, but it's, but dude, you want, there's two you're, sides. You're scrapping and clawing, right? You want it, you want the deal. There's two sides. Yeah. There's the, yeah, yours not going to sell, but then you don't. Get the listing, so you make zero dollars. Right, right, right. <laughs> so I, so in, someone's in, pressuring. In, you. in a business sense, get the listing. <laughs> right. Do whatever you got to do to get the listing, and and if you have to talk them down in a week or two because there's no showings, do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I, it's hard for me to say. You know, I'll go in there all high and mighty and and not get the listing. But, but uh, my personal strategy in life is mm-hmm. always being very, very upfront. Maybe yeah. like you, I'm going to tell you what you might not want to hear, right? Yeah. But this is yeah. what you need to know: your house. Is potentially only worth two twenty. Well, it's like, hey, shoot for the stars, but in reality, we could end up here. Yeah, right? maybe, maybe do. A, yeah, I would say maybe like, temper the expectation. Realistically, your house is probably worth like worth X. But we what, might get a buyer willing to pay. Yeah, why though? I, right? It's hard to say. A business. Everyone has their own different. But way guys, of when you things. see a price reduction on a property, doesn't that make you think a little bit? Absolutely, especially no, the, as a buyer. The, they're, they're vulnerable, right? Yeah. yeah. But sometimes you see that price reduction come and all of a sudden it's boom, 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 yeah. offer, 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 right? Yeah. And I mean, that's where it ended up anyway. And if they but, sell it, you still get your commission. So, yeah. you know, I so, think uh, I think pricing a house is, is an art. And if you For do sure. get a low appraisal and me as a loan officer called the listing agent and they're all, this appraiser doesn't understand I anything, blah, blah, blah. Comps. Send me the comps. <laughs> send me the comps. And half the time I get listings. Yeah, always. Yeah. Just so everybody understands. Well, it, this yeah, one's way more than half. Depended for more. Did it close? That yeah. is Do you think so they had their true. appraisal? Oh, Dude, so the audience <laughs> understands. A lot of times, and even real estate agents, they, they want to use 
properties that are on the market as comparable. That did, that, it's not. An, it's well, not. A, house it didn't down sell. Down the street has right. a sign on it for two eighty. No, but it didn't sell, brother. So you ever watch Pawn Star? And he's like, oh, the internet. They're asking this, but what did it sell? What for? What it sell for? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's all that matters. Pawn Star so, itself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, you typically your um, so the whole third party process. I'm kind of going back to this. Yeah. So the AMC gets a little chunk of of the fee that's right. paid. You get a chunk. It's generally a, a flat fee, and it's um, generally the the AMCs are kind of round robin or whoever grabs it. Yeah. But then you got like the the rural properties or the um, there's one appraiser the outskirts, yeah, yeah. The, or the outskirts, <laughs> the unique properties. And a lot of times those AMCs will kind of bid those deals out. Yeah. And in my mind, I don't know if you've ever seen the the show Shipping Wars. Nobody has. Oh, so it's great. It's a bunch of truckers that are on this Jessica, website. Have you seen the shipping wars? That's how I envision no, a bunch of has. a bunch of appraisers on a website. Like, oh, screw this guy. I'm going to take it. I'm going yeah. to go down five more dollars and take this. It's a blind bid, so we don't know what they're bidding. So. <laughs> but it's a bid system, right? Yeah, yeah. You bid it. It's you kind of bid. annoying. Oh, it's blind. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah they're just bidding. So it's very frustrating. Um, yeah. So what do you say to the to the? So I get this a lot too. Real estate agents will say. Um, where's your appraiser coming from? Because we have a really unique market. And if they don't know my market, then I, I don't want to have them. And I'm yeah, like, they don't know the South, uh, Pleasant corner, Ridge, uh, yeah. Yeah. quarter right over here. It's, you know, this little thing of historical it's homes. Very unique. Nobody well, why knows. Why don't you appraise market. it then? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> there's like so, six homes in it. <laughs> what do you, I mean, but, but look, there is some truth sometimes with someone being like way out of market, like yeah. coming from like Grand Blank doing a thing in Birmingham. They might not, but, does that actually hold water, to, in your opinion, or is is an appraiser? But again, we were talking about opinion, right? So, yeah. do you feel like that's a that's a valid argument? Like, I don't want someone that's outside of the market to, that doesn't understand this market to do an appraisal. On this you house. can always take steps to, to learn the market. I mean, yeah, I mean, the easiest thing is. But look, you would do that, yeah. I mean, you just look at that MLS. Just do a quick little search around your the house, and there's typically going to be similar homes that are unique like yours. Yeah, that's sold. Yeah. So that can give you a good picture of the of the market right there. Yeah. So. And I think overall, just to kind of circle back on everything we talked about, I mean, most appraisals are pretty good appraisers. Yeah. Not, you know, I yeah. mean. Yeah, it's our, it's our career, get, dude. You know, out of 100, right, maybe maybe 10 come in light. 10%. Right? 10%. Yeah. And of those, probably one or two are bad appraisals. Maybe. Right? Yeah. Maybe. So it's like a 2% chance you're going to get like an actual shitty appraisal. I would it agree does happen. Those are good Once numbers. in a while, your, your card is drawn. Yeah. Right, but there's ways to get around it. There's ways to, you know, make it happen. And if you get two or three appraisals that come in at the same value, like seller's missing it, or yeah. your refi's dead. Yeah, just so everybody knows, I don't know how technical those numbers are, but they sound right. They feel right, but in our industry, it feels like one or two percent are actually bad appraisals. So that is actually not a pretty good number if you if you really think about it. But right? appraisers get such a bad rap is because well, all their work is audited before it's yeah. even submitted to the lender, usually yeah. through these AMCs, and then it's audited again by the lender. So often, you know, you're going to get checked as yeah. opposed, and it's kind of like a loan officer. Writing alone, but they get a bad rap because society or humans in general they want to blame someone. Yeah, they have a victim mentality. They, they want to blame, blame somebody. Someone. They want to surround themselves with yes men that tell them what they want to hear, as opposed to having that person that puts them in check and gives them the reality. It, 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 so they they blame it on the appraiser all the yeah. time. It's easy. Yeah. All right. So so really good stuff on the appraisal side. I do want to get into the two topics that I wanted to talk about. Um, one of the interesting things that that I read, Gary Keller came out and said 
that we're going to do what's called iBuyer. He's like, I am, I am being forced, he said, to do this because of the pressure that they're getting from companies like Open Door and Zillow. Just so people understand, iBuyer, Open Door, um, Zillow is doing this where they're creating a marketplace where they will actually just buy your house. It'll give you a price. If you want to sell your house, you'll just sell it. They'll, put, they'll then retain the, the property and then they'll market it and try to sell it. And they probably, their, their idea is to make a profit on it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so Gary Keller's like, and a lot of real estate agents don't like this because it's cutting their commissions, comp- compressing their margins. If there is even a real estate uh, person involved, it, it might be a transaction fee, whatever. I don't know the actual stipulate, but it is hurting the actual appraisal community. Uh, I'm sorry, the uh, real estate community a little bit if you're a realtor. And Gary Keller, Keller Williams, the largest, uh, um, um, one of the largest uh, real Girl. estate companies in the, in the country uh, is jumping on board on this. And being that you were in real estate for a while, how do you feel about this whole marketplace, the thing that's going on, and how dangerous is it to the market, or is it just something we have to adapt to? I, I think everything you have to adapt to. Um, that's it, right? I mean, this sounds like I was actually thinking about this last night. Um, you know, it's all about the service level. Because yeah. if you get the iBuyer, yeah, you're going to pay probably a little bit higher commission, quick, but you get the instant money. If you need it, it works. Which is fine. But and then you can then, the next step would be, I would say, go to a real estate agent. Their process is going to be slower, no matter what they tell you, from an instant cash offer. So they might be appropriately priced right now, or they might have to compete a little bit more. I mean, there are going to be pressure from not only I buyers, but there's going to be lower flat fleet um, brokerages coming through, through the market soon. So it's just a matter of you're going to have to compete. Yeah, statistically right now, from what I've read, uh, the, the seller does lose money by doing it this way. But well, yeah. it, it's the, it's the ease. Sure. It's, yeah, it's they, like trading your car in. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And sometimes you trade your car in, you buy a new one, they give you that number that, okay, I'm good I don't want to go through the pain in the ass. Right. Risk, yeah. Listing it on Craigslist and getting, you know. It's all the pain tolerance that you yeah. want to go through, right? <clears throat> so, but, but understand that this is going to cut into the margin. And, and, you know, today with for sale by owner and all this stuff, like people just have this feeling that they could just sell their house. I, I think it's a lot more complicated. So I, in my opinion, a good agent is going to take the sale approach, right? They're going to they're gonna see that and they're going to educate they're, what is, they're what going to educate wants? their sellers. They're going to say, listen, I know you want top dollar for your house. We can list it at top dollar. We can, it'll sit on the market. We can do this. You're gonna, it's going to be a long process. Or instead of going through iBuyer, we can drop your price down so you still get a little more. Uh, the time frame may be an extra week, maybe two, but yep. it's still going to sell really, really fast. Exactly. And you're, it's almost like instant cash to you, but you're going to get the exposure. You're going to get a professional. So they're going to they're gonna just, educate that and let them make the decision. I just wonder, and they're going to win deals. I just wonder what real estate agents working under the moniker of Keller Williams feel about the fact that the Gary Keller, and, and he's an he's an innovative man. He's very good at what he does. He's done he's done amazing things. He's very technology savvy. He's pushing that envelope. But if I'm an agent in that, and then all of a sudden there's I buyer in my market, and I'm competing against my own brokerage, <laughs> own, yeah. is that kind of an odd thing? Oh, I got him. It is, but I got to imagine that the, you they're spinning against it, your own brokerage yeah. all the time, anyways, all with the other time. agents. Yep. Yeah. I got to imagine they're spinning it where, That's hey, we're going to have all these extra houses. That we're going to then be able to 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 list, and you're going to get full well, I think, rip on, I think the, it, on the sale. Of it. On the other side, the buy side is that you, now you have these instant buyers. Yeah, they have cash; they're ready to go. Yeah. Um, so and, and they don't have a house. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. so they got to buy. So you're hopefully, I think, what it is, they're looking at speeding up the the sale side to get the the buy yeah. side to go even quicker. I kind of don't yeah. don't blame him because because it's happening. Well, this is yeah. millions and millions it's of for dollars. sellers who need to get out quick or don't give a don't care. Yeah, I agree with that about dealing with you know. Yeah, I can click this button, uh-huh. sight unseen. You know, a week later, we got cash. But the mentality yeah. for Gary Keller, I think, is sound, <laughs> although, like, I think as a real estate agent, you might be perturbed by it. He is competing. And the, and the reality, the writing on the wall is there's 
billions, I think, of dollars going into this type of model where it's happening all over the place. And to be competitive, he's saying, listen, I got to either do this and do it better and and utilize my brokerage to be able to supplement a lot of that and be able to capture that revenue. Uh, or 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 just let it happen and be a bystander and, and lose market share, right? Yep. Yeah. So for him, he's probably looking at market share. I don't I don't blame him for doing it. He's a very very uh, crass person. I mean, he rubs people all the wrong way. He's very very like uh, Gary Keller is very innovative, but people a lot of people don't like him in the industry because he he has his own way of doing it. But a lot of people don't like people that are successful. Like look at yeah. Dan Gilbert. Look at all these other people, right? People don't like him because they do well. Um, I guess my point is. I think he's doing the right thing, even if you're a Keller Williams agent and it feels like it's not the right thing. He's pushing the envelope and he's trying to keep his company competitive. So learn to adjust. Right. I think all of us have to do that. And and ultimately, as an agent, I mean, you get a 1099, right? You don't don't usually get a W-2 from Keller Williams. And with that being said, like, Mm -hmm. you got to pave your own way anyways. Yeah. All right. So, so next topic I had real quick, and then I want to ask you your three questions, which we do on every show now. Um so the next topic is Freddie and Fannie. Just so everybody understands, the government, when everything kind of got really screwed up, they basically put them under conservatorship. I can't say yep. it pro- properly. Conservatorship. Conservatorship. And basically, they own. They, they're ta- they've taken every single dollar and cent. For, uh, they, they're, they're, it's not. It's basically not a public company anymore because the government has been keeping. And by the way, just so understand, people understand, Fred, Fannie Mae was one of the, if not the most profitable companies in the the country, if not the world. I mean, they were making a yeah. lot of money and their stock was like way, way high. And, and, and recently you could buy their stock for like a dollar, yeah. right? Or like, and, and now the, the, there was a meeting and basically in this meeting, they said within potentially the two weeks or three weeks that there's going to be an announcement that they're going back out of conservatorship and that they're going to go back to, they don't know what the structure is going to be, but it sounds like it's ending, right? Hmm. And you're seeing that in their stock price. Um, I, I think this is a good thing. What people, this is going to, this is very, it's going to change a lot of things in our market because now that they're independent, they're going to be able to do a lot of different things that potentially they weren't able to do when they were under the thumb of the government. Would we agree with that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, why I think it's interesting is because, um, the government made a lot of money off them. It really helped them actually pay for the bond mark, like the bond buying thing that they were doing right with the, with the fed. Um, do you guys think that this is going to create a looser uh, guideline process, which scares the shit out of me? Because hmm. one of the biggest fears that I have is our uh, our regulation getting so loose that we get back to a point where, like, think, we're not anywhere near it. Just so everybody knows, but it gets so loose where all of a sudden we're, we're we're handing out money again when we shouldn't be. Do you think? Do you think there's some danger to that? I think there's some danger. I don't think. It, I don't think it's. Yeah, a, I don't, I don't think danger. major because they'll be in our microscope. Yeah, you know, being back on their own. But I think uh, it will allow for some partnerships with potential technology companies to make. Yep. I think there'll be a loan innovate. process. Yeah, be able to think much easier, right? Everything Innovate, automating quicker. the appraisal process yeah. or which. Sorry, <laughs> right? But <laughs> automate uh, the loan process. Yeah. yeah. Why can't we automate the update. appraisal process? By the way, why why do we need to have people? I just don't think you'll ever be able to get rid of someone going into a house. Right. Um, I mean, maybe in five, ten years, a computer will be able to select the best. But there might variables. be a hole in the roof that nobody knows about, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that you always have to go in. I don't think there's any way around it. But maybe we get to a point where you just go in and take pictures, dude, and then the computer does everything else. Yeah, I mean, no doubt. Right? Yeah. It's just where we're going. We're I think, I think every a quick review process by an underwriter. Yeah, I mean, I, I think every job has to look out for that. This so. is happening. Yeah, automation's mm-hmm. happening, and I think services where, where you can win no matter what it is, right? Yeah. Uh, just, a, just a caveat, like a lot of people thought that, you know, um, you know, 
uh, travel agents, and I've talked about this before, that they 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 were they are completely going to go out of business, and uh, Travelocity and all these companies will take them out. Well, one of the most thriving industries right now on a, on a acute level are travel agents, mm-hmm. which is kind of crazy. There there's a lot of travel agents that are doing really really well because people like the service. Yeah, I use one, especially if I'm going overseas. Yeah, if you're going on a week vacation. You don't know anything about the area. Yeah. These people, all they do is focus on it Set every it up day. for me, dude. So maybe the appraiser is going to be, they're going to switch over from a you know l- lender focus to more of a consumer-facing, consulting focus. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who knows? All right. Three questions. You ready? Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> three questions. Um, number one, I ask everybody, what scares you? Being on a boat in the middle of the ocean. Really? Yeah. Little, well, a little boat. Sorry, I should. Are you scared of deep water? Boat. You know how scary that would well, be. Well, I would just say like in a, in a little tiny boat, just being in the middle of the ocean, like hours away from shore. Yeah, that yeah, just terrifies me. That's pretty scary. Man. You, know, you guys ever amazing. see that movie where they're like the divers and they get left behind? Yeah, and they're just floating in the middle yep. of the ocean. There you go. Eaten by sharks. Those are nightmares. That's a scary scenario. That yeah. is that is a good fear, right? That scares the shit out of I me. I mean, nothing would be more scary than you know being properly suited up so you don't die from frostbite or anything, but being dropped into like. The Atlantic, we got to float. Yeah, so it's like, yeah. you dude, know, here's just what, sitting there. At like least in land, you feel waiting. Dude, I know? went snorkeling one hot. time in Cancun. I'll never do it again because <laughs> I realized very quickly I am not equipped to beat anything, outrun anything. If something wanted to eat me, I there's nothing you can no, do. Right. No. It's crazy. My cousin shows me this, you know, video of them swimming with sharks. That massive shark. I saw that. I'm like, okay. So they're like, yeah, it's just like what you do. It's crazy, dude. It's what you, you, do. you know what? That's what Steve Irwin did too. Oh, oh, God bro. rest his soul. And by the way, his son, Steve Irwin, he's taking over his dad's place. Cool. He's really? doing a good job. Cool. Yeah. Um, all right. Number two, what excites you? Excites me. I mean, when? <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. man. I don't, I'm not going to give you when. Just tell me what excites you. Know, you know, uh, get to the airport, go on a trip. Yes, that's kind of one of the driving down in the shitty weather and then getting on the plane. And you, you like the actual act of traveling, right? Yeah. I oh, do yeah. too. I'm, yeah, I'm like, you just not to like, the middle of the ocean. Yeah. Not to, but so just <laughs> when you're driving down to the airport early morning yeah. and it's crappy, like, the, like today, yeah. it would be perfect to drive down and take off and go to Florida. Let's do that. Let's Nothing go. feels better than getting, you know, you're walking out of the plane and you know, you go through the little, uh, Tunnel there, yeah. or, but as you cross off the plane into the uh, jetway, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like you feel that air, yeah. Right? Uh, like if you go to and you're wearing like yeah. long, especially but if it's a far way away. Counter that on your way back, you get oh, off yeah. the plane. You're no, like, that's the most why miserable. Come back. <laughs> it is. Miserable. You're wearing a t-shirt and shorts because yeah, 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 it was 95 People just people lose their mind when they travel, and I see the anxiety on people running around. I, I'm personally like I when I go to Europe or whatever it is, I love the act of traveling. If I go to Miami, yeah. I like putting my headphones in. People get pretty through. wound up on planes. You wound know, up, like, man. Yeah. Listen, Papa Xanax, chill the out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get or something. Yeah. <laughs> Land, just you know, about that last yeah, shut your eyes, wake Took up. A Zan on the plane, <laughs> out like a light, like a. Light. And then you wake <laughs> up and uh, you're in up. paradise. Yeah, exactly. I like the the movie screen. So yeah, third question, third and final question. What about the appraisal process do you think sucks and why? <laughs> yeah, bro. Scheduling refis. What do you mean scheduling <laughs> refis? Well, explain that to me. Um, what I was saying is one of the biggest things I always get called to try to schedule um, is that they're working. 
Oh, trying yeah. trying to get yeah. into a house. So obviously, understandably, I try to work during normal work hours. Yeah, and then yeah. when I call you, that because on a purchase transaction, you've got the real estate agent that's yeah, going to open the house. Pretty right? easy. Yeah. I never right. rarely have issues, but refis, it's always us because you need the homeowner to open mm-hmm. the door for you or somebody exactly. else. And everyone right? wants to. Cl- how quick yeah. can we close? And then well. They're not willing we to could take. have closed uh-huh. today, yeah. But you scheduled your appraisal for three weeks after we started the loan. <laughs> well, I work. Yeah, I work. Well, so do really, we all. So we I want to clean because I don't want any human coming in to see how I really live. Real quick question: Does cleaning fucking matter? No, uh, sometimes it does. Yeah, I mean, I, I would rather walk into a clean house than one that's it feels better, right? Yeah, 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 just on the eye test. Um, yeah, I get that. Yeah, it's just one of those. You're a human. You have yeah. immediate response. It's like trying to sell a car. You do want to yeah. buy a dirty car, or a clean car. Yeah, nobody wants the lube on the counter. Yeah, they can both in. be the same, right? With <laughs> yeah. the right amount of work into it, but that buyer also has to <laughs> Jessica do that. Just laughed. Yeah. If I, you know, <laughs> uh, what do you think it about is, that, Jessica? Does that happen? I have no comment okay. for that. Right. <laughs> and you know, it's it's always the the opposite. You talk to someone on the phone who seems so well put together, and they're all over you to get this done, and right. I want the lowest rate, blah blah. And then you look at the pictures; it's like, dude, you can't even make your bed. <laughs> you know, there's mm. dishes in the sink. Oh my and god, shit. hoarders! It's like, How many hoarders have you seen? Real, we got to go, but real quick, not uh, not, not time. Okay. Twenty maybe. All right, so <laughs> that is our show today. Uh, Kevin, thank you so much for coming to the Thanks show. Thanks for having me, guys. If people wanted to get a hold of you, are you open for people like reaching out to you or no? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. If you want to give me a call, have a question about an appraisal. How about you send, send your email? You don't want everybody calling you. What's your email address? It's long. Okay. Give your give uh, phone Yeah. My final phone number is 586-419-3167. One more time. 586-419-3167. By the way, Kevin is always open to answering questions. And, and not that he's going to like sway anything, but he's very upfront. He's technical. You're great. Thank you so much for being on the show, man. We really uh, appreciate it. Um, Salvatore, I love you. Love thank, you. thank you for doing this with me every week, forever. Yeah. Uh, Bradley, I love you too. Um, Chad, really, go you. fuck yourself for getting us all sick. <laughs> um, everybody, thank you so much for listening to the show. We've been getting so many positive feedback. Like I've got people reaching out to us. I mean, we wouldn't be able to do this without you. We're always going to keep trying to bring good content to you. Um, go to irepodcast.com. Go to Podcast Detroit. Go to uh, Spotify. All, anywhere that you consume your iTunes, we're there. Shoot us an email at info at inside real estate or ire.com. What is IRE it? Podcast. What are you doing? It's our website. It's info, if you have topics, it's info at irepodcast.com. You can also go to uh, irepodcast uh, forward slash irepodcast on Facebook. Message us there. We are always open to feedback. If you think we suck, go fuck yourself. Have a good day. <laughs> Bye-bye. You've been listening to Inside Real Estate, the nation's top real estate podcast. Don't forget to follow us at irepodcast.com and everywhere where podcasts are available. 